Hi, this is singer-songwriter Elizabeth Edwards. Welcome to Giving Voice to Recovery, a place we share ideas and experience for the purpose of inspiring you on your recovery journey. I am so glad you've joined me for this series of conversations with my dear friend, Christina Wanzelak. You may know Christina from her book, The Lost Years, her work on TLC's groundbreaking show, Addicted, or her television docuseries, Codependent, which premiered on Lifetime and A&E. Christina is credited with helping thousands of addicts and their families through her work as an international interventionist and now joins me in a series of conversations about life, recovery, and coffee Welcome to Coffee with Christina. So, so good to see you. Thank you. You as well. Always good to be here. Awesome. You look so cozy in your bright colored jacket. Hey, today I was hoping we could talk a little bit about your book. Beautiful. I love this book. I cannot read this book without crying. I personally have been through a, um, I've been on both sides of the equation Mm. and I just, my heart goes out to both of you because I know what both of these experiences feel like. And I, I thought maybe you would just kind of walk us through how the book came about and what happened with your relationship with your mother. For those of you who don't know, The Lost Years, ah, here we go. The Lost Years is a book that Christina wrote with her mother about recovery and kind of how they put their relationship back together and what each person was going through during the years that um, I feel like I'm talking about you with you, but when you were going through your active addiction years, and then how did that relationship get repaired? And by the time you wrote the book, where were things at then? And then where are things now with your, and I've met your beautiful mother, by the way, and she's lovely. Thank you. My mom is amazing for sure. Um, well, that was a lot of questions. So where did it begin? Obviously getting sober, but you know, my mom, you know, I say all the time is the hero of my story. She really is the hero of my story. And, you know, from the time I got sober, really, I had a knowing or a calling. I had a calling that we had a story to tell, um, that I had a story to tell. And I, I don't know how to say it any other way than that. That's how it started. I didn't set out to, I didn't, I didn't like set out to write a book per se. I, I, um, I just knew that there was a story to be told. And my mom and I had been through so much together and she's the hero of my story. And every time, you know, as a speaker, I would be asked, you know, what, what changed or what was so profound in your story? It always came back to my mom. So fast forward, right? I got busy in my early days of sobriety and that feeling that, that calling, that whisper, it was a whisper, right? About figuring out a way to share the story. I just, I didn't ignore it. I just got busy saving my life and crawling my way out of homelessness and staying sober and, I had a lot to do, a lot to make up for, you know. It it took time to get out of homelessness and all of that. And and then, you know, I fell in love and had children and, you know, things just got busy. Uh, so it wasn't until I was 10 years sober, actually, that um, what happened with that whisper is it just slowly became a scream. 
And slowly over time, it started materializing or visualizing in my mind that there, that the way I was going to share this story was through writing a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, you know, did all that doubt. I have no idea how to write a book. Like what, what does that even mean? And how does somebody like me write a book? And like, why? I, I just had no, I didn't own a computer. I didn't, you know, I, I just, I didn't know how, I, I just was looking for all these reasons why I couldn't write a book. But then one day I woke up and it was unlike no other day, or it was the same as every other day, Elizabeth. I just woke up and I knew that it was the day to start. So I did. And uh, so interesting, I called, you know, I called a mentor of mine, Dr. Stephanie Brown, who has published about 25 textbooks in this field. You know her, yeah? Yeah. She's she's a great mentor of mine. So I called her because she's the only author I knew. And she's written, if you've ever studied psychology, you've studied her work. And she's a Stanford University clinician, actually, right? Yeah, Yeah. she did a 10-year-long study at Stanford on what happens to families when the drinking stops. So, and then when I was at Berkeley, I read all her textbooks. But anyway, and she's always been so kind to me and was a great champion of mine. Makes me want to cry from the moment I started in this field. So I called her and I said, Stephanie, I want to write a book. And I know today's the day. And, but I don't have a computer. (laughs) And she said, she just was so great. She's just so matter of fact. She just Mm -hmm. said, and what, you know, what does that have to do with anything? Right? Like I've published 25 textbooks on a typewriter, right? I don't, I don't know what that means that you don't have a computer and you need, you know, hang out the phone. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Like, what's your point? I don't understand your point. You, you, you telling me, I don't know, what, what do you want me to say? Like, you need to just begin. And if you keep looking for reasons not to begin, you never will. So I hung up the phone and I started. I wrote that manuscript in 90 days. So this is the interesting thing. Originally, I wrote the manuscript on my own and I kind of interviewed my mom. So the book was... So it wasn't laid out how it is now. It was like the chapters that they are pretty, that was pretty the same. My story obviously was the same, but basically if you can envision at the end of each chapter, I would have like a note from mom like that. Right. So it was more like a, her story was more like a footnote. Does that make sense? Yeah. As opposed to, yeah. yeah. Right. When you read the book, we share, it's an equal sized memoir, right. Going back and forth. It's a memoir of her journey and mine, but originally I just kind of interviewed her. (laughs) I think it was brilliant the way that you guys did that because it really shows the different perspective that a person has going through active addiction from the points of view that people are experiencing, the emotional, the the mental, the life arranging and rearranging and all the things that go on that on both sides of the equation. Did you learn things about your mom when you? Yeah, so that was the thing. Um, People asked me how I became inspired, by the way, to share this memoir with my mom. And I'll tell you how, when I started writing the book, I, it just kept coming to me, you know, that intuition and my, you know, it's how 
God works in my life, right? It's just that intuition. And it just kept coming, Elizabeth, right? That I had to tell this with my mom in order to tell the whole story of addiction. In yeah. order to, to tell the complete story of addiction, she had to be a part of it. She just had to be a part of it. Yeah. And that's what kept coming to me, right? Like I have, a, I have a dramatic story of addiction, but I'm one in millions and millions and millions, right? What makes the last years exceptional, I think, truly, and inspiring to so, so many is not necessarily my story, but my mom's, right? That it shares that. So I think it's the dance that you guys were doing. Um, you, re you really allow us to look at the dance between you as the child going through this and as the mother and during the years when those are already difficult years where, you know, as a woman, you're you're becoming your own woman. If you were a healthy person during those years, you had the opportunity to um, move away from your mother and then come back to her as your own person. But addiction messes those years up a lot. I went through it with my mom. And so you guys are beautifully showing this, how this right. illness, this, this disorder gets in the way of a natural process that's already a difficult process for a lot of people. I know this is such a like powerful conversation because uh, it's just so, I mean, addiction happens to family systems. It's layered and it's complicated. The lost years, you know, it's a gritty story of addiction for sure. But at the end of it all, I think, you know, it's really a love story. It's a love story yeah. between a mother and a daughter or a parent and a child, right? Like yes. it's kind of, you know, mom and I have spoken, you know, all over the country in regards to the book and done private signings and presentations. And, you know, we were in Connecticut at one of my favorite speaking engagements actually. And this gentleman came up at the end of it. And, you know, these are all super high powered men and women, I mean, obviously, right, flying in these authors to come and share at their, mm -hmm. their business, party's not the right word, but business gathering or whatever. Yeah. And this gentleman, right, I mean, really super powerful man, he just came up to us at the end and he had tears in his eyes and he just said, you know what, this story, this, your book is a love story. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have addiction in my life. God forbid I never do, but this is, I, you know, I kept reading because it's the most beautiful love story I've ever read. And I, that just fell so on my heart. And to answer your question, did I learn things about my mom? Oh my God, Elizabeth. So the, the thing about the last years is actually publishing the book and, you know, the financial success of it, the speaking engagements, you know, it launched my career into a different arena. Mm -hmm. um, it's so, it pales in, in comparison to the journey of actually writing the book, right? Publishing on is kind of like a bonus, you know, like whatever. I had no idea that this book was gonna be published. And to be frank with you, it's nothing short of a miracle that it is, right? Mom and me are just, we were just some no name, mother and daughter from the San Francisco Bay area, right? Like I had no ins in this field. I, I didn't know anyone in publishing. I didn't know anyone in Hollywood. I, you know what I mean? Like I was just a kid from the street. So the fact that we even got it published is amazing, but I'll tell you, 
all that is just kind of a secondary, I don't know, kind of amazing journey, but the real journey, oh, and it definitely makes me emotional was the journey with my mom. So I told you in the beginning, I kind of just interviewed her and it was like a footnote. When I, when I found an agent, a literary agent in New York, again, shot in the dark, but she said, um, I, I want to sell this. There's something here. Mm -hmm. um, but your mom, she's got to be a part of this. Yeah. And like, her voice, really, yeah. Her voice, uh, when you read this book, for anyone um, who's not read it and is, especially if you have a child going through um, a child or a parent and you're trying to get back into that, uh, you're working through your relationship issues because the trust is gone. When you first come back <laughs> as a recovered person, your relationships are wiped out. So coming back to it, but you guys make that transition. You go through the whole process and you come back together. And when I hear your mom read from her parts of the book and you read from your parts of it, because I've been on speaking uh, situations with you before in different platforms, um, that is such a powerful thing because I think you you really your voice is definitely your voice and her voice is her voice mm -hmm. and the experience the emotional experience I think so many people have gone through this with a child and um, or was the child and is trying to um, get into that trust and get back into a relation they don't even know what that looks like because a lot of times addiction hits people in their early adult life or their teenage years. And that is the time when you're figuring that transition out with your parent. So I, I think you guys just did such a beautiful job. Yeah, thank you. I interviewed I, your mother, what would she say? Which I probably well, your mom. Yeah, well, she would love to, you know, come on. Um, sorry, I'm just, I have a few more minutes here, but I wanted to say, um, oh, I wanted to say also, you know, I writing, you know, after my agent said, you know, my mom had to be a equal harder part. Yeah. My mom's a very private woman. So by the way, that took some convincing on my part. But what she would tell you is, you know, you know what she would tell you? She would say, and this is my mom's long time Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. You know what she would tell you? She would say, you know what, Elizabeth, when my, when my daughter brought this to me, that we were going to publish a book, <laughs> I thought that's crazy, but you know, no one's going to publish the book, right? <laughs> like, she's so funny. She's like, really like, okay, you know, Christina, sure, I'll do this with you. Um, but you know, who's going to publish it anyway? Never thought that it would get published, but I'll tell you um, what she would say to you is um, that she had an amends to make to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what she learned in Al-Anon, right? And her amends to me was not teaching me how to be an empowered woman, right? She was in an abusive relationship with my father and mm -hmm. she became a shell of a woman and she allowed my father, mm, she didn't allow my father, but, her inability to protect us and because she because she was an abused woman, right? Her inability to protect us and herself played a role, a big one, mm -hmm. in 
how I felt about myself. And I suppose if you follow that down the path, right, led to addiction. I'm not saying my mom caused my addiction at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that she would say to you that she felt that she owed an amends to me for not showing me how to be an empowered woman. So that was her amends was doing this with me. And I learned more about her. I can't, it took a year, took me 90 days to write that original Mm -hmm. manuscript took a year for my mom and I to go through it and really write her side of the story. My mom didn't type or anything like that. So we would sit on the phone at night or in person for two, three hours at a time after my kids were asleep and, um, and I would, I would write, I would type whatever she said. And I learned so much. I learned with great humility that my addiction changed and altered the lives of the people that I love most. Mm -hmm. I learned about a particular agony that a parent feels when their child is addicted. I learned about extreme and excruciating and crippling powerlessness Mm -hmm. over how to save your own child. And I also learned that my mom is one of the strongest and bravest women that I know. And through my addiction and her codependency uh, really brought to her knees she really rose from the ashes of her life and led the way, right? She led the way, even though we were estranged. If my mom hadn't gotten better, I don't know if I would have survived, right? Like, what's that saying? So goes the mother, so goes the child, right? So as she ascended it in her, in her recovery, although I wasn't ready, this is interesting too. My dad was like you know, the hanger on her, you know, he didn't let go the way my mom did. But my mom was so clear in her codependency recovery, right? She always said to me, when you're ready for treatment, call. Otherwise, like I would call from the street and she would just say, are you calling for help? And I'd say no, or tell her I was going to die. And it was her fault. Uh, (laughs) So um, when she... And she was so clear, Elizabeth. And remember, I got sober before cell phones. So when I called from the street, it was like, she didn't know, Elizabeth, when she was going to hear from me again. Or there wasn't, yeah. right, there weren't like GPS right. and nope. shit like that. There was no tracking. So I guess my point is, I, although I would have told you at the time I hated my mom, that it's so hard to say. But um, I'll tell you, I had such immense respect for her mm-hmm. that she no longer allowed me to bully her yeah. and to run her. <laughs> I call and that so, take, taking the target off her back is what right, she did. That's right. Mm-hmm. To the point that when I was ready for hope, yeah, yeah, when I was hit bottom in that homeless shelter and wanted to die and had no idea what to do. I didn't call anyone 
I didn't call anyone else, Elizabeth, not that I had a whole roster of people, but I didn't call <laughs> my dad, for example, right? Because I knew my dad would come and get me and he'd try to make it okay. I called my mom because I knew she wouldn't save me. And I knew that I, on some level, that I couldn't be saved. I knew on some level that I had to find my way out of this with the help of others to have some grit in the game. I knew, I trust my mom enough not to jump in the car not to come get me not to make it okay I trusted her enough not to save me I trusted her to illuminate the way out and that's what she did when I called her and she said are you calling for help and the first time ever I said yes and she said here's the number of a place you can go good luck and hung up the phone and that saved my life God, I get passionate about that because it I, saved my I, life. I totally, I feel you. Every time we talk about this, this is so near and dear to me. I went, I've been in your shoes and I've been in your mother's shoes. And I can tell you that the years I had to work the hardest in my own personal recovery was when I was letting go of all my codependency around a child. It is the hardest and most counterintuitive thing to do is to let go and let that child figure it out, figure it out. But you did it and other people can do it. I think codependency kills a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And, yeah. And if you have the target on your back, you will always be the problem. Until you can take the target off your own back, they can, your child can never own the reality that they're the one that has to make this change. And your mother loved you enough to do that. And it is hard to do. It is the hardest thing I've ever done. Hardest. I, uh, I just, I, I just. Super passionate I, about this subject. Thank you right. so much for sharing this with me. I, I want to talk more about this book. I love your book. I love you. I know you have a time limit on today. You're this busy gal that has to go out and intervene. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wait, don't go anywhere because I'm going to take a picture of this because I want to post it on Instagram too that okay. that we're talking yeah. about the lost years yes. because yes. Um, I don't know, people need that kind of people, people need the strength of that story. The other thing a, a really good therapist told me that I was working with at the time I was going through this with my child. And that was that my child loved me enough to trust me enough that I was the one that was feeling so beat up and abused. Right. And, right. And, and the therapist said, yeah, it's because they know that the child will never, the mother is, is the safe place. Mm. You have to become that safe place in the way that is truly safe. And I, I call it the line of responsibility. If, if it, if you're, you know, you're co-signing stuff that isn't, um, healthy for your child, you're not the safe place. That's right. Yeah, that's so right. And that's what I, you know, at, at, you know, when I speak, I speak at 12 step, you know, whatever, or at all those private events and people ask, you know, what, what was it that changed? Like, what was it that saved you for lack of language? Um, you know, the thing is, my mom did everything that I tell families to do, right? Everything mm -hmm. uh, until she did the thing, which was to let me go. And I would say, you know, honestly, Elizabeth, uh, and I don't normally 
talk about 12 steps at the level of press, radio, and films, but I will say that um, Al-Anon saved my life. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, right? Because Al-Anon, because that program taught my mom to love me enough to let me go. Yeah. And that's hard because I hated Al-Anon for a long fucking time. <laughs> Al-Anon ruined my life. My mom <laughs> found Al-Anon and my life was over. <laughs> so the fact that I can honestly say that it was probably that 12-step program that yeah. saved my life. Right? I, I normally don't name, uh, I, I talk in general terms about 12-step programs, but um, sometimes too. it's up to you what you want to say. But, and there's a reason for anybody who's not familiar with 12 steps, um, we don't name and we don't take credit for, but sometimes stuff comes up. I, I so don't either. I never, I, I don't. And when I speak at these big events, I never say that. However, cause it's a podcast, I thought whatever. But um, also I think sometimes like right now, right? Like I think sometimes it's really important for people to know where to go. That's the only thing about that severe anonymity, yeah. right? Is that people also need to know. Yeah, and I say it like this. Here's how. Here, and I might, I might work work on this a little bit. I say it like this: there are twelve step programs that focus on the issues of codependency. There's more than one of them. It has to do with if it's a problem with this uh, alcohol or another substance. And sometimes it's just, you recognize that you're the problem that you're it's showing up. You're over-invested in everyone else's life and you're not taking care of you and your relationships aren't working. So if that feels true on any level, there is deep work to be There's done. Help. There is help. And that's the help that we're talking about when we say work on yourself, because if you have a child, especially a child that is Mm. uh, in the driver's seat of your life, okay, parents, um, you're not doing the child a favor and you can't become, the whole world can be your child's friend. You're the only person who can be their parent. Right. And that's where the responsibility is. And it's a tough one. It is a heartbreaker. I know I've lived it. You've lived it on. I've lived it both sides. That's mm-hmm. why I love your mother. I at, at speaking events, I come up to Christine. I'm like, oh my God, so really, oh my God, I so relate. I love both of you. <laughs> thank you. Your story is so powerful. And thank you thank so you. much for sharing. It You're so us. welcome. We need to have my mom on. Yes, we definitely do. Okay. Thank you, Elizabeth. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.